Well, hello again. Hello, friends. Chantelle is back. I'm back, bitches. Yep. No, no deep voice this time. No, I mean, I, well, I got mine, better. But... <laughs> yeah, I do have a deep voice too. Well, yeah. But no, nothing compared to the version of me that was here last week. Yeah, nothing at all. When I just felt like shit. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. I was doing dishes and cleaning the kitchen while listening to it, yeah. and I was just dying in my kitchen. It was fantastic. He had no idea. Well, you know me. I like the element of surprise, right? Yeah. So I didn't tell him. Um, I just told him to be himself and, you know, swearing was allowed because he's a potty mouth like I am. <laughs> and, uh, and then I said that and he just went with it and he did such a good job. <laughs> Josh, you did fantastic, honey. You did great. He did. He'll never listen yep. to this. Well, maybe, maybe one day he will. Maybe one day. And he'll hear this and go, oh, but yeah, he did so good. <laughs> like, he, did. he totally just uh, nailed that. Yeah. And you both did because you both have great dialogue. Um, just being here all the time and stuff, I've always enjoyed listening to you and Josh talk. And then it's even <laughs> funnier when you guys get into like, not, it's not, it's not like bickering, but it's like almost structured debates you guys start to have Yeah, <laughs> and they morph into those and they're super funny. Yeah. So you guys have great dialogue. It was fantastic. I've listened to that episode like three times. Oh yeah. I've li- yeah, I've listened to it a few times too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was pretty great. We do have a, we do have a really good dynamic. We you know, mom and son, obviously, but we joke around a lot. We're very open with each other. Uh, always have been since he was a kid. I always told him he could talk to me about stuff. Um, he loves to not play pranks, but just be a shithead sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I am too. Like a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you remember, I I don't I don't walk into his room for obvious reasons, right? Yeah, Sometimes of course. I have to let my dog, like one of my dogs, like Frankie, into his room and I'll open it but not look in and but, but if i need his attention because he'll have his headphones on when he's when he's gaming with his friends i'll throw my arm in and start waving it around <laughs> and normally he oh yeah he, <laughs> now i know where you're going with this normally he responds right away and i'm sitting there waving my arm then i start waving it more violently <laughs> then i shove my whole shoulder in and i'm like is he asleep at his desk and like i did this for a while then i pull my arm back and i sighed and i was like Ugh. and then he just bursts out laughing <laughs> I'm like you little fucking shit. He was watching me yeah. just flail my arm around <laughs> and he was just waiting. He's like, I just wanted to see how long you would do it for. <laughs> and then he goes, I couldn't control myself when you sighed. Because <laughs> I was just like, <sighs> it's fantastic. But we do we do stuff like that with each other all the time. It's it's quite quite comical. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was super nice having him on. Um, I know he was a little stressed out about it and he kind of regretted it, but I think secretly he didn't <laughs> regret it because he had fun too. Yeah, it sounds like he enjoyed himself. Yeah, I sure. had to cut out so much just because it was like a super long, like it would have been a two hour episode. I mean, we do it as well. Like yeah, you and I, we, we have to cut out for a long so time. much. Yes. But I was like, okay, we might not have anything to talk about, but that totally wasn't the case. And it was, it was just fun. And, you know, got to got to express my inner nerd <laughs> which is always great anyway it is yeah but welcome back thank you you're welcome it's good to be back it's good to be it's been a while since i've been here which is weird yeah it's um because i i've come to your place and then i was i planned on coming up this week uh, and i told josh that i was probably gonna go up midweek depending on your schedule and then i went fuck that 
when mm-hmm. I realized the heat mm-hmm. <laughs> that we were the heat wave we were getting this week and Josh was like I don't blame you mom I was like nope I'm not fucking leaving my house unless I have to absolutely like no way we're experiencing a pretty crazy heat wave right now it was 40 today which is nuts and it's saying that it's still 39 right now but it feels like 34 whatever that means it feels like swamp ass it, is it what feels, it feels like it definitely feels like swamp ass it it's, is so humid it's not okay on this side of the bridge it's bananas maybe because we're closer to the water maybe but and i mean I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong that could definitely be why just, uh, yeah the re- what i thought it, it the reason could have been is like because uh, like, I didn't realize how humid it was mm-hmm. until I got to the west side. Because it, it wasn't like that at our place or in Kelowna. It was not humid. And okay. I'm like, why the fuck is it so humid over here? Like, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I looked up and there it was just cloud coverage all oh, above me. It probably. was like a fucking blanket of clouds. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's that's why. I have not been outside long enough to look up. Yeah, no, I, fair enough. Yeah. So I wouldn't fair know. enough. I literally go let my dogs out and yeah. I will stand out there sometimes with them because of the deer. The deer keep coming around. Yeah. Like I was out there yesterday and there was there was a deer on the rocks, but like closer to the end. But you couldn't see her because they like she blends right in. <laughs> She's back again. She's back again. Kick Frank's ass. Oh yeah. And Frank didn't see her, neither did Steffi. <laughs> so I picked Frank up and I was like, okay, let's go inside. Because <laughs> he would have been able to get to her or she could have gotten to him. Yeah. And then I filled up the little water thing I have out there a little bit more. And then she went for a drink. I think she was trying to, like, she was on the rocks trying to go to yeah. get a drink. And then I opened the door and the dogs were out and, and she stopped. She's like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. And she just stopped. But um, yeah, no, I have not been out there long enough to look up. Fair enough. Uh, it's just, ugh. it's disgusting outside. It's so gross. And it's disgusting up at our house. It's so hot. Yeah. I really did so want to come up, but I, I, I can't, I'm can't. No, I don't blame you. I would die. You would like, I wouldn't even want you coming up because the risk of you passing out would be really high. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like impossible to cool our house down Yeah. because it's so like the ceilings exposed. are so high. It's, it's such an open space. Yeah. And uh, it's exposed. Like, yeah. And no it's sh- so exposed. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, yeah, Jamie thinks that our house would need central air to cool our house down because it's just so open concept yeah and that high or, ceilings that or a friggin one of those in every window and then your power is going to constantly be shutting down exactly <laughs> right that's just it so <clears throat> yeah it's just good to have it in in your room like you do and then maybe keeping it downstairs because uh it's generally cooler down there mm-hmm. i mean not cool enough but it's kind of a nice idea to have it down there because really it's not even if you bring it up probably not going to heat up that or cool up that space at all no it won't that little air conditioner yeah. it won't do anything and it'll just even just the that air conditioner with ours running at the same time mm-hmm. and then you know other things plugged in like the stove the fridge oh yeah uh the tv it even if we don't have a bunch of things running but just a bunch of things plugged in mm-hmm. it can crash the power totally so there's no point yeah in bringing that small unit no. for the house because it's not going to do anything it's not going to cool the house down not at all and it's just going to crash the power all the time yep. so what the hell is the point there is no point exactly that's what i'm saying like, yeah so there... we agree with you we've just left it yeah. downstairs yeah in there's... the cheese room yeah, in the cheese room the cheese room i guess <laughs> so, we need to explain that. i was gonna say please please, ex- <laughs> please explain yeah people are like, like what the fuck cheese room what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> so what is the cheese room Chantal? so the cheese room is a room Cecily dubbed it the cheese room. So when we moved into this place, there's a spare room downstairs and it is gigantic. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a huge bedroom. And uh, okay, so our basement is unfinished. It's like a cement basement and there's a 
bunch of unfinished rooms down there. There's an unfinished bathroom. Did I tell you that Jamie got a, a toilet for free? Like a brand new one. You did, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to hook up the toilet downstairs. Yeah. And then finally slowly build a little bathroom down there. Yeah. I mean, it's it'll just be nice to be able to use it. Fuck yeah. And then just got to warn everyone else if you're going to be down there. They don't walk in and you're well, just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sitting on the can. Hello. Hello, people. Yeah. Hello. I'm taking a shit. All exposed. Yeah, because it's just cement with I two know. by fours. Exactly. There's no walls. I mean, you could put up uh, blankets and stuff in the I was thinking like a shower curtain. Something. <laughs> but you could still hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and that might be a bit weird. So that would be a bit weird. Just, you know. But it would be nice to have. Yes. The extra... Uh, seating space. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to have three bathrooms in this house. So, well, Jamie also got a whole bunch of drywall for free, too. So, that's something nice. that we'll eventually do. We have a whole whack of drywall outside. Awesome. Yeah. So, we can finally put up walls downstairs. And uh, and then, yeah, we have the toilet because we do want to renovate the basement. Mm-hmm. And to a certain degree, you know, like we're not oh, going to pour thousands of dollars into it. It's a rental, but. No. You know, anything that we can do that we can afford to do anything that, yeah, we get for free, which is great, like off construction sites when they put and Jamie's always on Castanet looking for free shit. Yeah, I used for, to do that. Yeah, he's and then I gave always up. doing it. I gave up. I used to do that. And now I just don't have the time or patience. I always forget to. So I yeah, yeah I hear you for sure. Yeah. But Jamie's on there every day looking <laughs> Good going, Jamie. Right? Yeah. And not even just the free stuff, but just in general, like anything we could use up there being yeah. off-grid and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, the cheese room downstairs is the one bedroom in our basement that actually has walls and it has a door, like it's a room. Mm-hmm. And the color is, like, awful. It's... It's I like want to say it's like a baby shit brown. Yeah, it's almost. Like, I was gonna say like a mustard yellow with it's, yeah. and it's sponged. It's, it's sponged. not painted. Yeah, it's sponged it's walls. Sponged yes. walls. I was gonna mention that it's sponged walls, <laughs> and it's horrible. It's like a brown on top of like a a goldy. And the ceiling is painted yellow. too, right? Yeah, the it's ceiling's the whole, painted. So the, paint, the ceiling, everything, same it's thing. One color. One color, and it's god awful. It's horrible. It is. And when we moved in. It, to me, as an equestrian, it smelled like the room had been stored with saddles and barn stuff. Weird. As soon as I walked in, I was like, smells like a barn. Smells (laughs) like a tack room in here. Huh. Like, that was what hit me. But I don't think the guy who lived there, like, had horses. Like, anything to do with horses. So I was like, what the hell? But it literally smelled like a barn. And yeah, it's just the most god-awful color. Maybe it was him. Maybe he slept down there because it's cooler. Maybe. Maybe he smelled like a barn. I don't know. All I know is that room just smelled like, yeah, like a tacker. It smelled like a barn with, like, the smell of saddles and stuff. Yeah. And so, anyways, the color of it, I guess, in Cecily's uh, brain, to her, it looked like cheese. And And it does. It does. It does (laughs) look like cheese, to be honest. So, she dubbed it the cheese room. At first, it was the cheese house. Oh, okay. It was Cheese House at first, okay. and then it became the Cheese Room, and so that's literally what it's known as. Oh, yeah. We always say, we, yeah. I always refer to it yeah. as the Cheese Room. Cheese Not room. just Skyrim, it's the Cheese, cheese Room. room. <laughs> We're going to repaint it. The color is horrible. It's it's pretty gross. Yeah, it's ghastly. I, I don't even really notice. Like, I will notice it for, like, yeah, when I stay over and I, I look at it, I'm it. like, ugh. I know. Wow. Oh, like, and then I just thinking? forget. Right? <laughs> and then the door. The door is, like, barn red. Yeah. And it's stained. It's not yeah. painted. It's yeah. a stained barn red door. And it looks awful. It's weird. It looks fucking terrible. It's not a nice stain. No, like, I think, it looks awful. I think the person uh, that did it was probably colorblind. I think so. I and it was swear. done on a Monday or a Friday. Maybe. Yeah. I swear. It's, it's horrible. Uh, I, I've known a few people that are colorblind. Me too. 
And uh, actually, my one of my ex-bosses, and then we were friends, he could see certain colors, mm-hmm. but only like pastels, for example. Oh, yeah. So he wasn't completely colorblind. He could only see certain pastel-y kind of colors. Uh, and his wife, she was so funny. They had little girls, and every time he went to go paint their room, like, for example, one of them, he went to go paint this pastel kind of pink, but he couldn't see that color for some reason, and he was painting on the ceiling, and he had no idea. <laughs> Oh, no. So he's painting the walls and he was getting the ceiling. So his wife was like, you're not allowed to paint anymore. Oh, Because he's no. like, it looks fine. And she's like, no. No, it does it not. Doesn't. You've got pink all over the ceiling. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I shit. can't see it. I can't see it. That's so crazy. Th- that was interesting. And then I knew another person that was completely colorblind. Like they, they couldn't see colors at all. That sucks. It's, uh, it's A weird, world in right? black and white. It's weird. How depressing. That would be so depressing, but at the same time, they don't know any difference, so it's like... They don't. That's such a a mind fuck to think about that. That's that's what it is. It's It's a mind fuck. A literal mind fuck. I I don't know how I would react to not being able to see colors. I don't know. The world would just be boring if it was just this... I feel like it would be boring, too. Even if it was all that you knew, it would be boring. It would still... That's what I mean. Yeah. It would be boring. It would would just be... I don't know. Just... Oh. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've seen these glasses. I don't know how real they are, but I've seen these glasses over the years where you can buy them and, uh, people that are colorblind can see color with them. On. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I never really looked into it, but the reactions are pretty genuine and all of them crying. Oh like, they yeah. Don't those take reactions. Those glasses oh my God. Off. So yeah. yeah, to see the world, how it actually is. And I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure. And I always, always think about this is. The way I see, like, that plant, for example, in that green, the shade of green you're seeing is probably different from what I'm seeing. Yeah, it could be. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So I've always wondered that. Like, the way I'm seeing the world, everyone else is is seeing it the same way, but potentially with different shades of that color. You know? I don't know. It's just so... I always thought about that as a kid. I was was genuinely stressed out as a kid. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It used to upset me thinking that when I was a kid... Um, I don't know why, but I remember being super upset when I started learning that, you know, some people couldn't see color and it was different for other people, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, it used to generally upset me as a kid, but yeah, I always like that pink case I have on my desk right Mm -hmm. there. Like, I wonder if you're seeing the same pink I'm seeing. It's like hot. It's hot pink. It's like a hot pink, almost like a fuchsia. Yeah. So, but again, we know it's fuchsia, but are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. Like it could be fuchsia, whatever your definition of fuchsia is versus mine. Like that's always kind of boggled my mind since I was a kid. I don't know. It's just kind of weird, but. Right. Anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's that. Yep. (laughs) I uh, did have a friend reach out to me today, and I think I mentioned this on my first episode, and if I, or on our first episode, but if I didn't, I will now. My cousin dated someone that was uh, a murderer, or not, like, while he was with her, but after the fact. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to learn a little bit more about that and, and do the story, because he's in Ontario, so probably wouldn't be a guest on the show. But I had a friend reach out today and she just found out (laughs) that someone she worked for is a murderer and he, his trial starts next month. So in August and, uh, she wants to come on the show and, and talk about it once she's gathered more information and see how, how the case goes and stuff. But 
So yeah, we're we're starting to get feedback from people, and that's kind of great. Right, so it's exciting. Kind of awesome and exciting. It's totally awesome it's, and totally exciting. It's totally great. Mm-hmm. How's your week been? Just blah. I know mine's been pretty pretty blah. Yeah. Should I tell you about my crazy ass drive home? Yes. Last night. Yes. It was bananas. Okay. Tell me. It was straight up bananas. Everything that could have caused a car accident. Like, literally tested my driving abilities <laughs> yesterday night. Oh, shit. All right. It was ridiculous, dude. Okay. I remember, like, at the last at the last thing that happened on Lakeshore Road, I was like, fuck, man, just get me home. Like, <laughs> And it was nothing to do with me. It was nothing. It was nothing that was my fault. It was, like, literally shit jumping out at me and stuff like that. It was nuts. So, to start with, I was at uh, the dog beach really, really late yesterday. I was out yesterday doing stuff and... Uh, doing some work and I was so hot and sweaty after I was disgusting so I was like hey I'm going to go jump in the lake robo boot and all <laughs> which I sort of did I didn't actually swim I was uh too much of a total wimp because the water was pitch black that and you shouldn't be swimming with your fucking broken foot yeah that that to me that was second yes. <laughs> that was second importance but to me it's that lake is dark during the it's day. Dark. Never yeah. mind at night. Yeah. I wouldn't. I'm too much of a chicken shit with dark water. We have Ogo Pogo, man. I know. He probably comes out more at night. Probably. He probably would have come to say hello. Probably. And I don't want him to say hello to no. me in the water. I don't want anything to say hello to me in the water unless it's fish. No. Or like starfish. And even then, at that night. At, like, yeah, at night. At no. night? Yeah, no. <laughs> You'd be karate chopping those <laughs> fucking things out of your way. Like <laughs> that and like straight up pulling like Jesus and just running on top of the water. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went in the water with my robo boot and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I just, you know, kind of like doused myself in water and like dunked my head and it was nice. But I started to get in my head and it reminded me actually of what you and Josh were talking about with irrational fears. Yes. Because it isn't an irrational fear. Yeah. Nothing's going to get me. Yeah. But the water's pitch black and I am terrified of black water. Yeah. Even though like I love swimming and stuff, I'm so fucking scared of black water. Mm -hmm. And that's thanks to my sister. Hmm. This is something she did to me when I was younger. She shoved me. She shoved me. Thanks, Alicia. Fucking Alicia. She <laughs> shoved me off of these rocks when the tide was out in the ocean. She shoved me right into black water. Deep. Didn't know where it went down, but it was pitch black. Ugh. And I was standing at the edge of the rocks, and I was literally thinking, like, man, it would be so scary to fall in here. Like, it's the ocean. And then, you don't boom, know what's down there. In it. Boom. The next thing I knew, oh, I was fuck. underwater. And I never, I didn't know she was coming. She snuck up behind me. So ever since then, I've just been absolutely mortified of deep black water. And even though I wasn't in deep water, I was in like knee height water. I was still a total chicken shit. <laughs> so scared. Well, so yeah. I couldn't swim. I don't. I tried you. so hard. I was like, I can't do it. No. No. So anyways, I just, you know, did my thing, sat on the beach. It was super zen and nice. And I just took in, you know, like I watched the sun set and go down. Nice. And then, yeah, by the time I left, like the sun was on the other side of the mountain. Like it was pretty much dark out, like yeah. at that point, completely dark. Yeah. And so I go to leave and whatnot. And on Lakeshore, this road in Kelowna, uh, the way it, like it turns, it's like the ma a main road that goes through Kelowna. And then it gets to a certain point and it turns right and then it becomes like a skinnier version of the road because mm -hmm. it goes down by the water and it's just a skinny road. And it's very, very windy and twisty and turny and upside, like up and down, not upside down, up and say, down. Whoa, where's that? Skate? I mean, <laughs> it may as well be. It's one of the fucking windy, windiest roads in Kelowna. Mm -hmm. And like the blind corners on that road are treacherous. Mm -hmm. And there's a fuck ton of deer that wander across the road 
all the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you pull out of a parking lot and there's a whole bunch of beaches and parks down there. So when you pull out, you're on a blind turn and you're like, I hope nobody's coming. <laughs> and literally like you inch out and you like, you know, basically suffocate yourself against your steering wheel, looking both directions to make sure you're not going to get T-boned mm-hmm. or T-bone anyone. It's an, it's amazing that a bunch of accidents don't happen on that road every single day because it's a nightmare. Crazy. And the way people drive on that road, like it's a fucking rally i know it's ridiculous it's like people going up west side road oh yeah again on the west side that one of the windiest fucking roads and it's on a cliff majority of the road and yeah fucking it's side speed, of a cliff speed on that fucking road my friend who's coming over tomorrow uh-huh. he got into a motorcycle accident on that road he hit a deer years ago oh uh, i remember when that happened yikes. it being on the news and stuff yeah oh shit oh okay. yeah now i'm gonna yep. have to look it up yeah but yeah it's like people that speed on roads like this are idiots don't give a shit about their own life and everyone else on the road like well yeah that's just it right because yeah it's like okay if you want to kill yourself by being a dumbass that's one thing but don't you fucking dare put other people in in danger yeah that is just that is not okay nope not fucking okay and so yeah anyways this road is a nightmare it's a straight up nightmare Mm -hmm. and so i'm pulling out of the dog park and same thing i'm on a blind bend and i'm like one one way to the to my left i could see a decent amount of the road to know that nobody was coming to my right that was a whole different story and then i would have had to go into oncoming traffic to actually be able to see the slightest bit of anybody who'd be coming to my right so Mm -hmm. i'm like looking just you know like back and forth my neck like nobody's coming in i go to punch it two vehicles come speeding up (laughs) on the right hand side i had to lay on the fucking binders and i'm like ah oh this fucking road and i slam my truck into reverse and back my truck up and i'm like oh fuck just like it's one of those moments where you know you're doing everything you can to be safe and then somebody comes almost blows you down and you're like for fuck's sakes yep so there was that then driving on the road and this suicidal deer ran out right in front of me they're all suicidal i came so close to hitting this deer dude so close i was like for fuck's sakes and like i was driving safely like i had my high beams on when i could and so like yeah this deer just ran out right in front of me and then after that it was the car in front of the car, or it was, sorry, it was the car in front of, yeah, the car in front of me. Mm-hmm. So two cars ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Two cars ahead. <laughs> All of a sudden, Buddy decides he's going to just and veer off to the right, to this side road. And then, and I, I seen him do it, but it was really fast and his car was jet black. So I seen it, but it was like really quick. It was almost like a blur. Okay. And then the next thing I knew, he tried to pull out right in front of me hmm. and I had to swerve my truck into the other lane and I laid on my horn and literally out my window, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's just looking at me like, almost like he didn't even know I was there. Wow. And I just swerved. And then that's when I was like, Jesus, fuck, just get me home. No like, kidding. Oh my God. And the fun doesn't end. Oh, shit. Yeah, so... Okay. I'm right? Driving up Shoot Lake Road, and then I get to the dirt road. Everything's fine. Uh, You know, I'm driving up the dirt road. Everything's all good. And I had my high beams on, and then all of these moths were just, like, going bananas in front of my truck, right, as I'm driving up the mountain. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, something comes through my window, fucking hits me in the arm. Like, and I seen it, but it was dark, and it was big. Like, it was, like, right off my left arm. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind moths, Unless they're the big ones. The big ones, I freak you out. I cannot handle it. Yeah. Like, cannot fucking do it. That day that you came over and stayed the night, and and then you had to go down. We were memeing each other. Yes. (laughs) I didn't go inside because there was a moth moth this fucking big at the door. Yeah. And I couldn't get past it. I was so scared. 
You so, should have told me. I would have come up. I mean, I would I never have, even thought I would have wiggled my ass up there somehow. <laughs> but before, don't forget what you're saying. This reminded me of a story when I was in Toronto. I had a bird fly through my window, like through my driveway oh, window, really? out the other end. Really? I don't know how I didn't crash. That's crazy. It was, yeah. That's nuts. It went right through my window, like wow. through the driver's yeah, yeah, yeah. side and out the passenger. That's crazy. I don't know how I didn't die that day. So that no just kidding. reminded me of that. Was it a big bird? It was a big bird. I think it was holy, a crow. Holy, holy shit. Yeah, I think it was a crow. They're big birds. Yeah, it wasn't a raven because ravens are yeah, like, ravens way are bigger. Yeah, ravens are really big. Uh, <laughs> when I first moved to BC... Yeah. And I saw ravens because I knew what they looked like in books and shit. You don't really see them around Ontario. So when I first saw the ravens out here, I thought they were I thought they were crows on steroids. <laughs> and I was like, the crows out here are fucking huge. And then I realized they were ravens. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Whoops. And we have both. We do, yeah. yeah we, we have, have yeah, both that's here when I, the ravens are massive. I started doing some research and I was like, well, I'm an idiot. But yeah, I thought, <laughs> no. I thought it was crows on steroids. <laughs> that's so funny. I was like, they must really love the fresh air and the water out here because they just keep growing. <laughs> they don't stop. <laughs> anyway. It's all that sunshine, right? It's all that fucking sunshine. It's all that sunshine. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Sorry. Continue. No, that's okay. <laughs> so yeah, something came through my driver's window and hit me in the left arm with force like it was either a bat mm-hmm. or it was a giant ass moth and okay. i think it was a big ass moth because they were moth. everywhere and then i was like oh no <laughs> just because i know i would have rather it had been a bat well yeah than a giant ass moth no yeah. fucking way they're flapping and they're panicking Mm-mm. nope yeah uh-uh and their big ass eyes and stuff. I can't do it. And so I was driving with my... At first, I was like struggling, trying to get my door open and like sort of panicking. Yeah. Driving up this dirt road, going up a switchback in the middle of the night. And then I was like, oh my God, it's locked. So I unlocked my door, swing my door open. And I'm driving up the dirt road with my driver's door open. Oh, no seatbelt on. Because I always take my seatbelt off when I get on the dirt road. And then I'm just hoping and praying that anything that's in my truck gets the out especially if it's a moth yeah but i couldn't find anything after that mm-hmm. and then i i closed my door and i thought i heard some thumping so i flung my door open again and then i was like ah! i'm like swinging my arm and i'm like get the fuck out that's funny whatever you are get out you are not welcome here and then yeah i got home and just like jumped out of my truck and was like oh did like the full body shudder yeah. just oh god heebie jeebies and jamie was working on the jeep and he was like what's up and i'm like what just happened like <laughs> something just brushed my arm something brushed my arm i don't know what it was but it was fucking huge because it like made noise what like a slapping noise when it hit me and, like yeah. it was big yeah i seen it hit me but again it was so dark that i didn't see what it was but it had to have been one of those giant ass moths so i wanted to oh, oh yeah so two things about your story so one i think we need to wrap you up in bubble wrap Yep. I've said this to you before. I think we need to do it. Yep, I agree. And two, why don't you wear your seatbelt going up that fucking thing, man? Your sister fucking almost barrel rolled down that hill and... Yeah, that was in the winter time. Yeah, whatever. In the winter, I would wear my seatbelt. I don't take Christ. it off in the winter. I think it's because my whole life, and I've grown up in the woods, that like any time I get to the woods, mm-hmm. I just take my seatbelt off. No, I never do. I'm like, super paranoid. That's well, I... just how I was raised. Yeah. To me, it's normal. Yeah. Just take my seatbelt off. I'm on a dirt road. I, I mean, uh, for me, <laughs> and sure, I'm sure for you too. I don't remember when seatbelt laws came into effect, but when we were kids, we, you know, it used to be me, my, oh, yeah. and my sister in the back, no seatbelts. Yeah, same as my mom. And then my sister, who is four years younger than me, so she was really little. She was probably 
like two, let's say. She was little, two to three years old. And she was kind of in the middle and my dad had to slam on his brakes and she fucking face planted the dashboard. Mm -hmm. She went flying right into the dashboard. So I'm a stickler when it comes to seatbelts. I'm just like, nope, don't want to, I don't know, just me. But No, fair enough. My mom went through a windshield. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. I don't I know how she survived imagine. it. I can't even imagine that. I know. Yeah, she went through a windshield. I don't understand how she survived. Ugh. As a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Well, well, nuts. Your body is um, more limber when you're a kid. It's it, yeah. it it heals faster. And not that it heals faster. I don't know the science behind it, but I don't know. When you're a kid, it just bounces back faster. Yeah, and you bounce when you're a kid. You Quite literally, <laughs> you bounce. Like, literally. So maybe that's why I think came they say bounce back i don't know because yeah like kids bounce yeah so. so maybe that's why but yeah when you get older all of a sudden you ugh, stop bouncing you stop bouncing <laughs> you you start fracturing your feet and shit because you stop bouncing <laughs> yeah yep you just go down you just go down that's it that's it yeah adios amigos that's right <laughs> yep well that's nuts holy crap yeah it was a bonkers drive home dude that sucks it does suck like i said it was like every single thing that could test my ability for driving yesterday <laughs> tested me you made it home i did that's great i made it home i i like literally once i left that parking lot of the dog beach i was so just alert because i'm like this is gonna be the first of several things to unravel on this drive home i just know it <laughs> and sure as shit it was that sucks that fucking deer suicidal deer jumped out right in front of me the closest i've i mean I drive the highways a lot since COVID, not so much, mm -hmm. uh, but I've had a lot of deer out on the roads. So when I'm the driver, I'm never looking around. Uh, yeah. I've learned. Yeah. Because I've seen people do it because you're like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, you know? gawking. But you're and not then... used to having wildlife on the road all yeah. the time. Moving to BC completely changed how I drove mm -hmm. because it's you've got wildlife on the road all the time everywhere yeah and they'll just yeah. jump out in front of you they do yeah and i could have been in so many accidents because it, it literally takes a second one second oh, yeah. of looking away mm -hmm. and i was uh just i was just passing big white on that hi highway five i can't remember what it is but just like you're passing big white and i'm going towards like the kootenays and this deer are you talking about highway 33 yeah, but what does it turn into after? Oh, I don't know. I was wondering if that's what you meant, that it turns into something. I don't know. Yeah, so, like, it was... Okay, so you're on that highway. You make a left to go up towards Big White. Yep. But I, you just keep going. So it was lit, It was right after that road that mm -hmm. goes up to Big White. So it might still be called Highway 33. I think that's I still know. Highway 33. Okay. But anyways... I, I know it because I, again, drive it all the time, but I, I don't remember the name right now. Anyway, yeah, no, it's all good. So this deer came out of nowhere and... They just stop and look at you. Yep. I slammed on my brakes, like both feet, and I could see a vehicle behind me. And I had my window open at the same time. I've got, I've got my hand on the horn and I'm waving my arm out the window so the person behind me can see. Yeah. Because they were going to fucking hit me. And they did. And they slammed on their brakes and we were fine. Jesus I had Christ. to pull over. I missed the deer by like a meter and a half, two meters. It was right there. It just came out, and mm -hmm. if I if I hadn't if I had missed it by a second, I probably would have hit him. Probably, and oh, if I didn't sure. slam like slam on my brakes as hard as I did, I had to pull over because I was in shock. But like, like shook up over shook it. Shook up, yeah. yeah. I, I was like, that did not just happen. Like, 
holy shit. Like, I left tire marks. I've never left tire marks on a road before. I left tire marks. That's how fucking hard I slammed the brakes. And I had to pull over and I stayed there for about 15, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. just kind of composing myself. And then I was like, all right, let's continue, I guess. Like, yeah, got to keep going. But yeah, that was one of the scariest. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've had other, I've had so many other animals come out in front of me. And could have been an accident if I wasn't paying attention, but this was definitely the closest. Yeah. Like I said, stopping like a meter and a half to two meters away from him. And and it was a buck. Like it was, you mm-hmm. know, and he was just standing there staring because they freeze. Like a idiots. Deer, like a deer caught in headlights. Let me jump out <laughs> in front of your motor vehicle and then, and then stop. stop instead of keep, you know, running. Because like, that's a good idea. That's a sensible decision to make. <sighs> I don't get it either, but... I have a wildlife story for you. Okay, go ahead. Talk about almost hitting something. <laughs> My first vehicle was a 1993 B2200 Mazda truck. And they don't even look like trucks. They're like a they glorified don't. truck. It looks To me, it looks like those toys when you're a kid and you yep. wind it up and let them yep. go. When you told me about it, I was like, what is that? I had to actually look up <laughs> hey. the picture and I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> I'd never heard of it before. Tiny little trucks. Yeah. 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 So that was my first one, a little 93 Mazda B2200 little four banger <laughs> and i begged the shit out of that truck <laughs> i drove it like distances it should have never driven and i drove it to creston quite a few times okay. in the kootenays yeah and so this one night um i dated a guy who used to live or he was from creston and so on long weekends we'd go out there to his family's ranch and uh this one night we were just outside of creston and it was like 12 in the morning at this point mm-hmm. and uh, we're driving along we had no cell service in this part of the woods and pitch blackout obviously this cow moose comes tearing across the highway right in front of me mm-hmm. and then i you know like oh, shit and i hit the brakes but i didn't lock them up i just hit the brakes yeah. but i knew that i it was she was close but she would ha- she had the time to get away from me but it spooked me right yeah then her calf came running out behind her Ugh. and it was a big calf like she would have been pushing it away really soon it was big and they follow mama right? and they like, follow yeah. mama yeah And I knew the calf was not going to make it. We were not going to make it. I was going to hit this moose. Yeah. I locked up my brakes and it was wet on the road. So I was sliding. Yep. So I just locked up and was sliding right for this calf. And I was just like, like, you know, like straight arm the wheel or the, I was going to say wheelchair, the (laughs) steering wheel. And I'm just like, fuck. And if I'd hit this moose, it would have probably killed my, my ex and I probably would have because it was massive. It was massive. And again, it wasn't a small calf. It was like, again, like she would have been pushing this thing away pretty soon. It was a big moose. Yeah. And so it would have probably just come through the windshield and killed us. Oh yeah. And if it hadn't killed us, I think it would have just been like damn near killed us. Like it would have been really, it would have been a horrible accident. It would have been so bad. And it was so close the moose was on my side and he was trying trying to get away from me and i watched this moose on my driver's side he, it literally like the listeners can't see what i'm doing but imagine like trying to get around something and dodge something mm-hmm. and it's right behind your back and then you mm-hmm. slip and fall and that's what that moose did it literally curved itself to get around the the oh, front shit. fender of my truck okay and it slipped and hit the pavement beside me oh because it wasn't going to outrun me no it had to figure out a different way or we were going to collide yeah and i pulled over to the side of the highway yep. and i was fucking shaking yeah that's the only encounter i've ever had where it was like i'm going to hit this animal yep i mean the deer last night was a pretty close runner up that idiot yeah <laughs> it was a pretty close fucking idiot fucking idiot that was a pretty close <laughs> runner up but 
nothing compared to that calf moose. Oh. And then I, yeah, pulled off the highway and I was just shaking. And my, my boyfriend at the time was like, you did good. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. We're alive. Yeah. He was like, no damage. good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. And I was it just happens like, within seconds. 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 And I just like seen my life flash before my fucking eyes yeah. at 19. I was 19. Yeah. yeah. And I thought for sure we were going to die or we were going to be in a massive accident on the highway and there was nobody around. Like we would have been fucked. Hmm. Completely fucked. And so, yeah, it was terrifying. It shook me up for the next few days. I kept thinking yeah. about it and just replaying it in my mind and just like, oh my God. Oh I yeah. So close to hitting that moose. Exactly. That and, huge moose. <laughs> and in those areas, like up by Big White, there's no reception. So no. if I had hit that yeah, same. deer, uh, and I know Crescent because I, I used to drive through Crescent all the time as well. There is zero reception. So if something yeah. like that happens, you're basically waiting for yeah. the next person that might potentially drive by you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at 12 in the morning, uh, it's not going to be for a while. There's not a lot and of people around. No. And there's like, yeah, no, no cell phone reception. It's no. kind of nuts. So I'm, I white knuckle in a lot, like driving on the roads, uh, in the dark. And, uh, I will wear my glasses. I don't need them, but my eyes get tired, exhausted at yeah. night. Cause there's no street lights. It's yep. pitch. Yeah. Just fucking pitch dark. dark. And all you see is your light, your headlights. That's it. So I'll wear my glasses because it helps uh, with the fatigue in my eyes. And, but yeah, like you're just in the, in the middle of fucking nowhere and it's pitch dark. Mm-hmm. It's scary shit. I'm used to it now. Uh, after doing it for the last, I don't know, let me think seven, eight years now, but it's still scary. Mm-hmm. Still fucking scary. So since I went last week, well, cause you weren't here. Do you want to go this week? Sure. All right. Okay, so I'm going to cite my sources to start with. So Wikipedia, thoughtco.com, serialkilleralbertfish.weebly.com. Okay. Okay, I know Weebly is weird, I know. (laughs) So trigger warning for child abduction and child molestation, mutilation, brief mention of eye mutilation, self-harm, sadism, cannibalism, and of course murder. Listener's discretion is strongly advised. There's a lot of other isms too, like cannibalism and stuff. There's a lot of stuff okay. that pertain to that type of shit. So, okay. Yeah, listeners' discretion is very strongly advised with this one. All right, so y'all ever heard of Albert Fish? Sounds familiar. I'm sure some of you have. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't, buckle the fuck up. Okay. So, Albert Fish was born in Washington, D.C. to parents Ellen and Randall Fish on May 9, 1870. His father, Randall, was 43 years older than his mother, Ellen, and was 75 years old when Albert was born. Gross! Yeah. Yeah. Albert was the youngest of four children. His siblings' names were Walter, Edwin, and Annie. Albert apparently wished to be called Albert, sorry, after a dead sibling, and to avoid the nickname Ham and Eggs. What? Ham and eggs? Ham and eggs. It took me a second to realize what you were saying. <laughs> because I was laughing while saying it. <laughs> Fucking ham and eggs. So he did not want that nickname. No. <laughs> I wonder was, why. I'll let you know why. Okay. Funny that you ask. <laughs> it was bestowed upon him in an orphanage where he spent most of his childhood once his parents abandoned him at a young age. After his father died five years after he was born. 
Albert would go on to say that he experienced horrific beatings and would receive merciless whippings in the orphanage. And to make matters even more twisted, he admitted that he began to enjoy the excruciating pain that these beatings produced. Oh, fuck. Hello, statist. Yeah. Right? Albert's entire family was completely Looney Tunes, okay? Normally speaking, I would never refer to somebody who's mentally ill as Looney Tunes. You know, respect, right? Yeah. But we need comic relief to cope with these horrifying stories. Totally. And it's my podcast, so I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Yay! Right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, they were straight up bananas. His uncle had mania. His mother had oral visual hallucinations. Oral slash visual hallucinations. Mm -hmm. His sister was diagnosed with a mental affliction, and his one brother was admitted in a mental hospital. So, all in all, his family were no strangers with flying over the cuckoo's nest. Nope. By 1880, Albert was 10, and his mother had a government job and could afford to pull him out of the orphanage. By 12 years old, Albert began a sexual relationship with a telegraph boy. The boy introduced Albert to Eurolegnia, drinking piss, and... Coprophagia, eating feces. Uh, oh, yeah. It gets worse. Gross. Okay. And my next thing I typed out, shit gets weirder. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh-huh. <laughs> Albert enjoyed spending his time in public washrooms to watch young men undress and spent an overwhelming amount of time there. In 1890, when Albert was 20, he moved to New York, became a prostitute, and began raping young boys. But that was put on hold for a bit when his mother arranged a marriage for him in nineteen ninety or eighteen ninety eight. So he was a prostitute and raping. Yep. Okay. At the same time. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just... I think he became a prostitute with the intention so he could rape boys. Okay. I feel like that's why because he like had a huge thing for raping young boys. Like, okay. Under the six years old. All right. So horrifying. Ah, uh, yeah. So his mother. Uh, put on an arranged marriage for him in 1898, surprise son, to Anna Mary Hoffman. Lucky her. Right. Poor woman not only had to marry him, but by default was expected to have his children. And she did. Six of them. Albert Jr., Anna Jr., Gertrude, Eugene, John, and Henry. So he clearly didn't mind fucking a woman then. Clearly not. Or, I mean, I personally, I think he was gay and just had to play the part as a straight man. I don't know. I mean, it's... it was like before 1900, you would have been true fucking enough. shot. Very true. Okay. If All you, right. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he just put on the, the pl- yeah. Yeah. Acted as a, as a straight man. So. Okay. Yeah. Throughout Albert's life, he continued molesting children, mostly boys under six years old. And I don't know if his wife knew about the molestations or that he was gay mm-hmm. or that he consistently cheated on her with male lovers. And ate shit. And ate shit. Right. <laughs> and drank piss. <laughs> But after one date to a waxworks museum, Albert became obsessed with sexual mutilation after being fascinated by a bisection of a penis. Within the proximity of 1910, Albert began, began, wow, began, began, this word kills me, (laughs) sadomasochistic, oh my God, sadomasochistic, I think that's how you say it. Okay. Jesus Christ. Relationship with Thomas Kedden. With Thomas being mentally disabled, it's questioned if Albert forced Thomas to engage in sadism, but nothing's been confirmed. After what I assume was dating for 10 days, Albert took Thomas to a farmhouse and tortured him. Two weeks of torture. 
His original plan was to kill Thomas, cut him up, and bring him home. But with the high temperatures, Albert was afraid that the cut-up body would go rancid and blow his cover. So, naturally, instead, Albert decided to tie Thomas up and cut off half of his penis. Only half, because that was totally reasonable. He then poured <laughs> peroxide over the severed penis, wrapped it in a Vaseline-covered handkerchief, left Thomas ten bucks, gave him a goodbye kiss... <laughs> me going I'm now. sorry. <laughs> but your laugh is so contagious. It makes me laugh. <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> it's fine. Here, buddy, I'm going to cut off half your dick. Yeah. I'll try and bandage it up. Here's ten bucks. And let me kiss you. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Pretty much that's what he did. <laughs> so gave him a goodbye kiss and hit the road. Never heard from him again, didn't know if he survived or died, and didn't try to find out. And he admitted that to his attorney later on. Yeah. That wow. he never tried to find out, yeah, whatever happened to Thomas, he didn't really care. Poor guy. I know! Jesus. Fucking poor Thomas, man. Mm -hmm. It's brutal. Finally, in 1917, and normally I would never say this about a woman, but Anna had the sense to leave him for another man, mm -hmm. and just got the hell away from Albert. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I'm I'm glad she went with her motive for leaving yeah. and got the fuck away from him. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, if you can believe it, Albert goes on even goes even farther off the deep end and shit gets even more whack. <clears throat> he began having auditory hallucinations. For example, on one occasion, Albert wrapped himself up in a carpet and claimed that he was following the instructions of John the Apostle. <laughs> What was he trying to be a caterpillar? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, also, not only was Albert obsessed with sexual mutilation, he was no stranger when it came to indulging in self-harm either, which I believe also gave him sexual pleasure. Albert would beat himself with a nail-studded paddle. He would shove wool that was saturated in lighter fluid up his ass and set it on fire. What the f Fuck. Albert would also take needles, like sewing needles, yeah. and shove them. You ready for this? Uh huh. Shove them in his groin and his pelvic region. I thought you were going to say shove it in his penis. Oh, probably. He probably did that too. I wouldn't be surprised. God. Um, we'll post an x ray image of it because there's an image of his pelvis, and mm -hmm. you can see, you can't see all of them, but there's estimated to be about 29 needles in his pelvis. Oh, in so he left them in oh, there? Oh, yeah, he left them in there. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, they're like all up in his pelvis, like all up in there. One of the needles is fucking huge wow. and thick. Like, it was thick. I don't think it was even a sewing needle, unless it was like sewing for like making like a fucking wool jacket or something like that. Because it was a big ass thick needle. Yeah. Nuts. Well, those ones like to to sew like leather and and big yeah. fabrics are are massive. Yeah, it could have been one of those because yeah. it was a huge needle. So we'll post a picture of it with our images for this episode because it's bananas. Yikes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know if professionals ended up removing the needles for him or if they were like, well, you did this and you're a sick, twisted fuck, so you can live with this. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but he didn't deserve to have them removed, that's for sure. <laughs> so, for what it's worth, which isn't much, it wasn't believed that Albert abused or attacked his children, but he did encourage them and their friends to hit him on the ass with that nail-studded paddle, which is indirect sexual abuse. So. That's horrible. Oh, yeah. So he did abuse them, regardless. 
also during this time, Albert became obsessed with cannibalism and began making himself dinner that consisted only of raw meat and tried feeding it to his kids too. Like human meat? No, I think it was just like raw, just cow beef, or well, I was going to say cow beef, or like, you know, okay. pork shit like that, right? Okay. Just animal? Just eating it raw. Just eating it raw. Okay. Parent of the year over here. So his kids were with him and not his wife? Oh, uh... Yeah, so because his wife took off on him yeah. and went with another, like, took off for another man. I remember yeah. that. So she he didn't be- take her fucking kids. No, I must have skipped mentioning that. Yeah, no, she left him with all the kids. So oh. he was a single parent. Wow. Of uh, six kids trying to feed them raw meat. <sighs> okay. And cutting off guys' dicks and barns. Just half. Just half. Just, just the tip. <laughs> just, 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 just the tip. <laughs> It could be an episode title, yeah, possibly. I was going to say. Just, <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> There's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> well, you know. Right? <laughs> right? So, didn't think Albert could get any worse. He outworsts the worst. He was also racist and a bleast. He targeted disabled people and black people, later claiming in a confession that he felt they would be the least missed. Well, fuck you, Albert, even though you're dead. Mm-hmm. No one fucking missed you. I hope it hurt when you got barbecued. So, spoiler alert. I was going to say. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. I wonder how he died. Right? He gets fucking barbecued. Good. Yep. Anyways, Albert continued on to murder two children in the summer of 1924, at which time Albert had psychosis and claimed that God was commanding him to torture and sexually mutilate children. You know, if there was a God, I'll bet he, she is pissed. That all these psychopaths are blaming their bullshit they always, on him or her. Oh, yeah. They I'd always mad. blame yeah. God. God told me to do it. So if there is a God, I would be, I'd be pissed too. I, I'd be pissed. Right? Right? Like, uh-uh. Buddies, you're nuts on your own. Yeah, exactly. Don't blame me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know. They're always Ugh. blaming their shit on God. Yeah. Who doesn't even exist, but. But they just, they, they just don't want to take responsibility. No, exactly. Even when they're like clinically insane, they yeah. still do. I guess that's just part of being clinically insane. I suppose. That's just, I, that's part and parcel, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It's just all part of it. So. Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. Dumb. <laughs> I'm going to circle back a bit, back to January 5th, 1918, when a young girl named Grace Budd was born in Manhattan, New York. Grace was the middle child of four other siblings, and her parents' names were Delia and Albert. Now back to 1928. So I just wanted to mention that's when she was born. So back to 1928, Albert responded to an ad from an 18-year-old Edward Budd who was looking for part-time work. Albert, who introduced himself as Mr. Howard, now we're talking about the serial killer. We're not talking about Grace's dad right now, because they're both named the same. So... Uh, he introduced himself as Mr. Howard, so he's a lying sack of shit. Took a train out to see the Bud family and told them that he was wanting to hire someone for $15 a week to work on his farm. Now, when Albert was supposed to return, he didn't, but he did send the parents a telegram explaining that he wouldn't be able to make it, but set a new date to come back to their home. When Albert returned to the Bud residence on the new date, he kissed ass by bringing gifts for all the children. And after some socializing and lunch, Albert informed the parents that he had to attend his niece's birthday party and would return in a while. Also, by this point, Albert had the buds swooned. So they really liked him. Hmm. They, yeah, they really enjoyed his company and stuff. He was a wonderful actor. 
good communication. He brought the kids gifts, you know, made up for yeah. his shortcoming of not making it. He then seized his opportunity and asked the parents if he could take Grace to the birthday party with him. Astonishingly, her parents said yes and allowed it. What the fuck? No, they barely even fucking knew this man. Stranger danger. Right? Apparently he had the, like, the loving grandfather whole persona again. He was a wonderful actor, right? But it's like, who the fuck lets their little girl leave with an old ass man? I think he was 58 at this time. That's just wrong. Right? You don't even know him. Fuck. What, because he brought her a teddy bear? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I'm Okay, and I am not pro, you know, victim blaming parents, but... Come on. You gotta be like, some kind of, like... What the fuck are ob- you doing? You gotta be some kind of oblivious or, yeah. like... Yeah. Dumb? Dumb? <laughs> dumb to, like, allow that. Yeah. Okay, sure, here. Take my 10-year-old little girl. I don't even know you, old man. Fuck. I don't know you at all. Take my little girl with you and, you know, I'm going on a hope and a prayer that you're telling the truth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this was the last time Grace was ever seen alive ever again. On June 3rd, Albert and Grace took a train to Westchester County to Albert's Wisteria Cottage, which is in New York. Albert went into the first into the house first while Grace picked flowers outside. When he was ready, he called her to come upstairs so they could surprise the birthday girl. Grace listened to him and went upstairs only to find Albert naked and she began to cry. Albert grabbed her, strangled her, and then cut up her body into pieces and proceeded to eat her over a nine-day period. Albert did not rape her, and I feel it's important to mention this because it's important to know what happened exactly. Mm -hmm. He had told his attorney that the thought of raping her didn't enter his mind. However, when he was kneeling on her chest and strangling her, he involuntarily ejaculated twice. So he did still sexually assault and violate her because he was a sadist and the murder and cannibalism was all sexually motivated. Yeah. He just didn't happen to physically rape her, but yeah, he still didn't penetrate or anything. Exactly. But he still horrifically sexually assaulted her and violated the living shit out of her. And like, God, just the thought of him, you know, getting off while choking, like, fuck. Oh, that always throws me off when people get off on like shit like that. I know. Whoa. Like. (sighs) Uh, yeah, again, like, not one to, you know, sex shame anyone's sexual fantasies and stuff, but, like, that is fucked. Damn. Like, if you are, you literally having involuntary ejaculations from strangling someone, you need help. Just a little bit. You need serious, like, you need help. Just a little bit. That's fucked. Yeah. And then especially if it's a kid, like, that just, pedophilia, all of it, it's fucked. Mm -mm. So, anyways, it took detectives six years to finally make headway in her case. Can you imagine? Six. Six years. years. Six fucking years. Okay. All right. On November 11th of 1934, Delia Budd received a gruesome, heartless, and gut-wrenching letter regarding the death of her daughter, Grace. Because Delia was illiterate, she had one of her sons read it out loud to her, and it's a horrifying letter. Okay. I'm not going to read it. If you want to, listeners, it's easy to locate online. Can Go you... listen to it yourself. Oh, you don't have it written I down? I don't have it written down. Because I want to read it now. Okay. When we're done, I'll read it out to you. Okay. But it's horrifying. It's it's disgusting. Albert also made it known. It, so Albert wrote the letter. I didn't make that adamantly clear when I wrote this. But yeah, Albert wrote this letter to Grace's mom. Mm-hmm. So Albert also made it known <clears throat> in this letter that originally he intended on killing and eating her older brother, Edward. But upon meeting Grace, he decided on having her as his next victim because of X, Y, and Z. It's mentioned in the letter. Okay. The handwriting was the lead police needed to trace Grace's killer to Albert Fish. 
he was arrested at a flop house he was staying at and immediately confessed to murdering Grace and multiple other children. Detectives referred to him as the devil himself. Albert also showed no remorse for what he did and smiled as he went into great detail of the gruesome nature of his murders and tortures. Albert also stripped a boy of all his flesh, and before he did that, he cut his belly open and drank his blood, gouged out his eyes. There was nothing that this man wouldn't do. Like, he literally cut this boy's belly open, and he goes into great detail about it, and he picked him up and was drinking his blood. Jesus. Like, just horrifying. That Pulled his like skin off. a lot of fucked up. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. That boy was found hanging from a tree. And at first, Albert said that he didn't do it, but then he later confessed that he was going to castrate the boy first. Uh-huh. But then he heard people coming, so he got spooked and he took off. And then he did other stuff to the boy, too, like cut off his ass, everything, you know, cut off everything. But, and like, he, ate, like, he ate, ate him everything. as well. Yeah, okay, he ate yeah. everything from that kid. Everything. Okay. And he goes into great detail about it in his letters, and it's just, it's horrifying. His letters are horrifying. On March 11th, 1935, Albert's trial began, and he pleaded innocent by reason of insanity. Despite his mountain of diagnoses, such as sadism, masochism, flagellation, exhibitionism, voyeurism, pickerism, cannibalism, coprophagia, urophilia, hematolegnia, pedophilia, necrophilia, and infibulation. So just look a lot of fucked up. Just a lot of fucked up. Mm-hmm. As well as his hallucinations, voices he heard, and countless psychiatrists who determined him to be insane, the juror found him to be mentally competent enough, and after a 10-day trial, Albert was sentenced to death by electrocution. Mm-hmm. Albert Fish was considered a psychiatric phenomenon, even to this day, and nowhere in medical records has there ever been evidence that another human possessed so many sexual abnormalities. Yeah. So, Albert was brought to prison in March of 1935 and was executed on January 16th of 1936 in the electric chair in Sing Sing Prison in New York. Albert's last words were, I don't even know why I'm here. Albert's... (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I know, right? What the... Wow. Okay. He was fucking crazy, dude. He was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Fuck. Albert's attorney, James Dempsey, had the misfortune of being given Albert's final letter, which was written hours before his death. When journalists requested possession of the letter, James absolutely refused, stating, and I quote, I will never show it to anyone. It was the most filthy string of obscenities that I have ever read, end Mm. quote. Okay. And that's the story of Albert Fish and him killing Grace Bud. Oh, and there was a movie made about this and specifically about the murder of Grace. Okay. And it's called The Gray Man. And I think it was made in 2007, 2005 or 2007. I haven't seen it yet and I've always wanted to watch that it. sounds very familiar. And the actor who plays Albert Fish, same thing, I don't remember his name, but he's a phenomenal actor. And I've seen the trailer for it several times, and it looks like it's an amazing movie. But I'm like, look this up right now because I'm curious. How fucked up it is. 
Yeah, it's called the Gray Man. And um, he was referred to as the Gray Man, too. Like, people started calling him that. He actually had a few different names. There was, I think one of them even was, like, New York Vampire or something like that. Okay, so there's the Gray Man, and I was, like, confused, because I was like, I know I heard about this recently. There's one that just came out this year, but it's an action thriller with uh, Ryan Gosling. It's definitely not that one. <laughs> it's definitely not that one. Okay. Oh, okay, here we go. Like, then, like, 2007. So, 2007. Because yeah, I was okay. like, this sounds so familiar. But it was because I saw... That's and I so actually, funny. I actually have it on my watch list. But, yes, okay, the Grey Man, based on a true story... Is it based on a true story? So, previously okay. known as Wisteria, the horrible story of Albert Fish, is a biological thriller. I gotta watch this now. Jeez. We should watch it together. We should. We totally should. All right, okay. This is the crazy story of Walburga Course Shell, a.k.a. Dolly and aka the queen of los angeles i will be just referring to her as dolly because i refuse to say the rest of her name <laughs> no kidding <laughs> no thanks sources wikipedia the richest.com and i can't believe it's not fiction.com <laughs> <laughs> nice so dolly was born in 1880 to german parents there wasn't enough information on where she was born or her actual date of birth, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but I know that's the year she was born. Uh, her parents did immigrate to the U.S., and she grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So she may have been born there, or Germany. Who knows? She was 12. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she was 12. She was 12. I'm sure she was at some point. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When she was 12, Dolly worked at an apron factory owned by a German man named Fred William Osterich. Dolly was an attractive girl and had a lot of friends where she worked. Fred noticed her and they got married when she was 17 years old. So she had worked there for quite some time. She worked alongside him to resolve issues at work as she was very liked, but he was not. So apparently he was, he wasn't much older than her. I think he was like four or five years older than her. Not a lot. Uh, but he was very serious. He was very strict, just very business kind of guy. But she was not. <laughs> so it was kind of nice to have her there to resolve issues. Anyway, Dolly had a reputation for inviting lovers to her home while her husband was working. When she was 33, Dolly met Otto Sanhuber. Sanhuber, I think <laughs> is how you say it. <laughs> he was only 17. Nice. And she was 33. She asked Fred, so her husband, to send a repairman to the house to fix her sewing machine. She greeted Otto at the door with nothing on but a silk robe and stockings. While he was repairing her sewing machine, she would show off more and more of her bare skin, giving him the green light, and they started their crazy love affair. Her neighbors started to notice that he was always there and asked her about it, and she just said, oh, that's my vagabond half-brother. So he was always here. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the neighbors approached her husband, Fred, and told him that there was this guy at the house all the time. And he confronted Dolly about it. She lied through her teeth and told him it was a traveling book salesman that kept coming back and wouldn't take no for an answer. And he believed her. Dolly told Otto that the neighbors snitched on them to her husband and convinced him <laughs> to quit his job and move into her attic. He was so in love with her... That he agreed to it. He agreed to this crazy arrangement and was so happy to just be around her. 
Another bonus with him living in her attic was that she was going to take care of him and he had free room and board. The attic was accessed through Dolly and Fred's bedroom through their closet. <laughs> That's actually where my attic accesses is in my closet in my bedroom. Same. Yeah, yep. in our walk-in closet, yeah. our ensuite, same. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's where he went in. The attic was described as very small and minimalistic. It had a cot, a chamber pot, a lamp, books, and writing materials. That's it. During the day, he would come down and do house chores, including cooking, cleaning, making the beds, and any other chores around the house. When he wasn't being the mate, he was having sex with her. Up to eight times a day, apparently. Wow. Yep. He described himself as her sex slave. He also found the time between cleaning and sex to start making bathtub gin. Of course he did. Because she was keeping him busy. I mean, quite busy with like all of her house <laughs> duties. And sexual <laughs> and duties. And sexual duties. Mm -hmm. that right. The fact that he actually found time <laughs> yeah. to make bathtub gin is kind of impressive. It is impressive. It's a little bit. At night, he would spend his time in the attic quietly reading and writing science fiction stories. So his, his dream was always to be a writer. She would type out his stories and mail them to potential uh, publishers for him. And some of those stories actually got published, but she kept all the money. According to her, being in a sexual relationship with her was enough payment. It better have been some top-notch vagina. I don't know, man. Like, it must have been if he moved into her fucking attic <laughs> and then just let her keep all his money and shit, like, and be his, her maid <laughs> and sex slave and... I don't know. She was doing something to this poor kid. She must have been. <laughs> she had some sort of spell on him. She did. Some pussy spell. Pussy spell. <laughs> <laughs> this went on for 10 years. As quiet as Otto was, Fred did notice noises in the house and asked Dolly about it. He would also see shadows in the upstairs uh, windows from time to time. She convinced her husband that he was going crazy. When he would want to investigate the shadows and the noises, she would insist on going to check it out herself and would say that there was nothing there. To the point that he went to the doctor and was put on medication because he was losing his mind. He decided he wanted to sell the house and move because it was either haunted or he really had gone crazy. <laughs> Poor guy. Right. They lived in Milwaukee and decided on moving to L.A. Dolly knew she would have to move Otto with them and insisted that their new home would need an attic. Fred just shrugged it off like whatever and went along with it. She gave Otto some of the money from selling his books and sent him by train to L.A. He moved into the attic of the new home before Fred and Dolly arrived. <laughs> this is just so horrible. <laughs> but it's fantastic. It's fantastic. The, the fact that he was willing. I just think of Gollum. Right? I'm just thinking of Gollum right now. <laughs> like, picturing this guy just weaseling his way around. Poor thing. So, yeah. He moved into their attic before they got there. Fred purchased a new factory and continued to work while Dolly and Otto continued their affair. Once moved in, Fred noticed that Dolly put a padlock on the attic door and she always had the key with her. He asked her about this and she said she wanted to keep her furs safe and he believed her. And uh, it pisses me off. I actually saw like photos of her and she's got like a dead fox around her, like yeah. fur. So yeah, apparently she had like... Phew, 
like copious amounts of fur. Oh, I'm sure. And back then, you know, like wealthy yeah. women, they always had fur because then that was a that was a sign of wealth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she had all these furs, and she wanted to keep them in the attic, and she had it under you know padlock, and he was like, okay. Oh, Fred. Oh, Fred is gullible. Fred. Poor Fred. Otto made sure to be very quiet so that Fred wouldn't hear him. But occasionally Fred heard noises coming from the attic. He also noticed stuff going missing, like his cigars and food that he would save for later. Even though Otto was doing all the cooking. (laughs) (laughs) This is so horrible. Poor Fred. Poor Fred. (laughs) Poor Otto. Poor all these fucking suckers. Yeah, except for Dolly. Yeah. Fuck Dolly. Fuck Dolly. So after he noticed all this, like, cigars and food going missing, Dolly convinced him that he had just smoked all the cigars and ate the food while he was drunk. He did start to drink heavily, and it said that he was drinking all the time. So he just assumed that, oh, shit, that's what I'm doing. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I'm eating all this food and I don't remember and I'm smoking all the cigars, but he fucking believed everything she said. It was nuts. I think she invented gaslighting. Oh yeah. She's she, like the perf- She That would have been a good name for this uh episode. What? The gaslighter. The ga- yeah, seriously. Fuck. Yeah, cuz yeah. she was really good at it. Seriously, she fucking invented gaslighting, she man. Did. She did. She convinced did. her husband that he was nuts and that he had to go on medication and he mm-hmm. started becoming an alcoholic. Like she invented that shit. <laughs> yep. Anyways, he and Dolly fought a lot. The further apart she felt from her husband, the closer she felt to Otto, her attic boy. (laughs) (laughs) On August 22nd of 1922, the couple went to a party, but left early as they were fighting. They were still fighting when they got home later that evening. Otto heard this fight and it sounded worse than their normal fights. He heard a bang as Dolly had tripped but he assumed that Fred was hurting her. So he came running down from the attic with two 25 caliber pistols. Fred was shocked. And okay. So before I get into that, um, it was said that the, in a few things I read that they were up in the attic, but most of the stuff I read, they were in their bedroom. Like Mm. it was in a box in, in the closet. So he knew where it was anyway. So he got them. Uh, Fred was shocked to see another man in the house and charged at him. They fell to the floor and the gun went off. One of the guns went off, shooting Fred. Otto shot him two more times, killing him. Just to make sure. Poor Fred. Right? Man. Like, he literally just worked his ass off. Yeah. For her. Yeah. And, yeah. And she's just been fucking around on him the whole time. The whole time. (laughs) Keeping a guy in their attic secret. (laughs) Convincing him he's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Totally unreal. Dolly panicked when he died. And uh, her and Otto began to try and cover up the murder. They made it look like a robbery gone bad. So Otto took Fred's very expensive diamond watch and the pistols while Dolly hid in her closet. Otto locked her inside the closet and left the key on the floor. So it was one of those doors where you had to kind of lock it from the outside. So anyway. Yeah. He then scurried back up into the attic before the police arrived. Neighbors heard the gunshots and called the police. Dolly told them that burglars had murdered her husband after he refused their demands. The detectives didn't really believe her. Yeah. They were very suspicious of her story, but couldn't explain how she would have killed her husband and then locked herself in the closet as it locked from from the outside. 
Dolly inherited a small fortune. She sold the house and purchased a new one. So. Bigger attic. Right? (laughs) So now that Fred is out of the picture, right? You assume that her and Otto can live a normal life. Guess again. The house she purchased came with an attic. And Otto moved right back into the attic. (laughs) know the spell she had on this guy holy fuck right yeah so she had this whole fucking house to herself and he moved into the attic (sighs) they continued the relationship as it was before for an additional eight years (laughs) the only difference this time is that he actually had a typewriter because he didn't have to be quiet There was no one in the house. Clack away, buddy. Yeah, clack, clack away, man. Away. There's no one to... Yeah, it was just her and him typing That's away up there. so funny. Fuck, yeah. Dolly hired an attorney named Herman Shapiro to settle all of Fred's affairs, and they became lovers. She gave him Fred's diamond watch that was supposedly stolen while they were being robbed, and he died. He asked her about this because he knew... And she said that she found it and just assumed the burglars dropped it as they ran away, but didn't think that it was important to let the police know. So, and he, and he gave her the benefit of the doubt. Just believed her. Why do all these men believe her? I don't know. Just and she a, was nothing to look at. No, she is not. She's nothing to look I at. I looked at photos because I was like, okay, let me just see. And it's like, yeah, oh like, no. She must be hot. No. No, she's, she's not. not. She's a very, very, very homely woman. Yeah. I do not understand. She was doing something to these guys. Pussy spell, man. It is a pussy spell. She also, after starting this relationship with this lawyer, she started another relationship with a businessman named Roy H. Klum, and they became lovers. She's just a man-eater. That's three men. Yeah, she's a man-eater. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, I mean, what the hell? She gave Roy one of the pistols and asked him to dispose of it. She convinced him that she was afraid that the police would assume it was the same pistol used to murder her husband. And he did it. He got rid of the gun for her. He apparently pitched it into La Brea tar pits. She gave the other pistol, because there was two, remember? Mm-hmm. To her neighbor and asked him to bury it. And he did. <laughs> Roy, so the businessman, found out that Dolly was having an affair with her lawyer, and he went to the police. He was pissed. Uh Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. The jig is up. The jig is up. He told them that she asked him to dispose of the pistol and told them where he had disposed of it. The neighbor also came forward and told the police that Dolly had given him the pistol shortly after Fred's murder and that he had buried it under a rose bush in his garden. They also found out that the lawyer had the diamond watch. Police found both of the pistols in the, in the spots where these guys told them it would be determined that they were the same caliber that killed her husband and arrested her while she was in jail. Dolly told her lawyer lover about her vagabond half brother that was living in her attic and asked him to go check on him and bring him food and water. (laughs) Because remember the poor fucker was padlocked in there. For no reason at this point. Uh, uh, Yeah. No reason at all. Herman met Otto and Otto confessed everything to him. He explained his relationship with Dolly and how he was involved in the murder. Herman was disgusted by this 20 year affair and kicked Otto out. Poor Otto. Like, (laughs) 
Get out! And he was just a kid when he got wrapped up into this bullshit. He, he totally was. And so then by sad. the end of it, yeah, so sad. By the end of it, he's in his 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Living in an attic. <laughs> For fucking 20 years. Jesus. The son must have hurt his everything. That's funny, because I was literally just yeah. thinking that he must be super, must have been super pale. Oh, yeah. No, and at one point, a lot of the stories, you know, they were saying, like, when he came out of the attic, when the lawyer went to go see him, it was, like, this, like, thin, frail, pale guy. That's why it, yeah. why it reminds me of Gollum. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he probably was almost, like, gray. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Never Jeez. seen the sun. No. Dolly and Herman lived together, so her and the lawyer. Mm-hmm. And had a very toxic relationship. They eventually went their separate ways, and Herman went to the police because he was pissed off at her and told them about Otto. Both Otto and Dolly were arrested and charged with murder and conspiracy. Otto was found guilty, but a year had passed since the, since the statute of limitations had expired, so he was released. <clears throat> of course. Uh huh. When Dolly was on trial, the jurors could not agree. And the trial resulted in a hung jury. So she was also released. They left the case open for a few years because generally when there's a hung jury, they will like retry it. But they decided not to take it to trial again. They just closed it. That was it. Otto changed his name and moved to Canada where he got married. He eventually moved back to LA with his wife and lived a quiet life. (laughs) When I read that, yeah, when I read that, I was like, in an attic? Yeah, in an attic. Yeah, right. I wonder if you ever told her about what happened. I mean, first, it was all it was years. all over the news. Yeah. He did change his name, but like it was it was all over the news. There's no way she couldn't have known. Pictures everything. Right? So, the fact that yeah, she would I mean, marry someone like that. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was a really super nice guy, but I often wonder if if that was his like safe space and he lived in an attic or needed a place with an attic because that's where he lived for 20 fucking years. Yeah. He was 37. Yeah. 37. Jesus. And back then you were like old Mm -hmm. at 37. Mm -hmm. Old. Yeah. So once she was released, Dolly began a relationship with a man named Ray Hendrick and they dated for 30 years. They got married on April 5th of 1961, and she died three days later on April 8th of 1961 at the age of 81. Wow. She never had kids. Yeah. That's it. That's her story. That's crazy. Right? That is bananas, man. She is a really horrible criminal. Just asking dudes left and right, can you take care of this for me? (laughs) Right? Take care of this gun for me? Here's a diamond. Watch. Yeah. The police think it's gone, but here you go. I found it. I found it. Yeah. <laughs> the robbers dropped it. <laughs> yeah. She was a horrible criminal. And to think that she got like, you know, she was released and stuff like, fuck, she was lucky. Yeah. They just couldn't come to a decision. Like they couldn't agree on something. It's just, Seriously. This story always makes me laugh so hard because I'm just picturing this poor person <laughs> in this attic willingly, by the yeah, way. Yeah, willingly. But he was so naive, clearly. And was like, okay, because he got to be close to the love of his, uh, love of his life. One thing I didn't say stayed in the story, but it did happen, was he would often hear her having sex with her husband. Oh, yeah. Because he was right above them, and it would start fights. And she was like, but I have to, I have to keep the secret. I have to keep him happy. And Otto just kind of went along with it. Like, okay, as long as we get to be together when he's not here and I get to clean your house for you, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Fuck. That's my pussy spell, <laughs> right? 
It's all just fucking crazy. Oh, man. That's got to be one of the craziest, if not the craziest affair story I've ever heard. It makes me laugh so hard. It's so nuts. (laughs) That's it, folks. So crazy. (laughs) Well, if you guys want to send us an email, myrideordiepodcast at Mm gmail.com. You send us complaints. We won't listen to them. No, we have a special folder for that. Yeah, we have a special folder. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. And then find us on Twitter, myrideordiepod. Mm-hmm. And Instagram, My Ride or Die Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're on Facebook, same thing, My Ride or Die Podcast. Yeah. And I actually started a YouTube That's for right. us today. Oh, yeah. And I am working on, because you can't, you have to upload videos to YouTube, and there's a way to do it. So I've been working on that today. So we might be on youtube soon like we're on youtube it's just not like our episodes but i want our episodes on there yeah so soon hopefully we'll be on youtube thanks diana you're welcome thank you uh-huh. i just figure yeah a lot of people used youtube so yeah it's worth trying to just upload it there absolutely so and it's if i mean we're we're technically live we've got you know it's just called my ride or die podcast <laughs> but there's nothing nothing there <laughs> there will be soon hopefully but yeah, yeah there will be there's nothing there but hopefully soon that's right all right well it was so good to have you back yes thank you it's great to be back great to uh have cats yelling at me yep and uh you know steffi doing around her, her steffi doing around steffi walking around doing her steffi stuff yeah yeah i missed it here and i'll be back tomorrow yeah i'll be here all weekend, weekend. <laughs> i'll be back here all weekend Woo-hoo! it's gonna be fun yes and we have air conditioning Oh my god, yes, dude, you have no idea how excited I am to spend a weekend in fucking AC. I'm so excited. I know you are. It's yeah, great. I can't wait. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, peace out, bitches, and we'll you'll hear us next week. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Bye.